Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. And we're delighted to bring you short portions of this spoken ministry on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's life study. 2 Corinthians makes a marvelous contribution to the New Testament because it describes so vividly the experience of Christ. Not from a doctrinal perspective, but from the details of how the Apostle Paul and his co-workers gained Christ experientially. In fact, chapters 3 and 4 may be the top chapters in the whole Bible in the experience of Christ, especially as this experience relates to how the genuine ministers of the New Covenant are produced. What we see in these chapters is that what these ministers preach, teach, and minister is not based on what they've heard, studied, or learned, but upon what they themselves have been constituted with. Ron Kangas has joined us for our fellowship today. 2 Corinthians 4, wonderful chapter, isn't it? It is a wonderful chapter, and your description of it in your introduction is altogether accurate. The New Testament ministers are not seminary graduates. They're not graduates of Bible schools, just simply giving out Bible knowledge from their course study. Paul, of course, was a serious student of the Scriptures, but he was a minister of the New Covenant because he was constituted with God. Uh-huh. He was a human being constituted with the triune God as life. God was wrought into the fiber of Paul's tripartite being. This constitution became both Paul's being mm-hmm. and his ministry. Mm. So in a very real sense, he ministered this divine constitution within him, and that was his ministry. Here we have the genuine New Covenant ministers constituted with God to have the genuine New Covenant ministry, which ministers the constituted God into the believers. And Paul's record of his experience, of his um, ministry in chapter 4 is quite remarkable and instructive, but it's not light. Okay, This is not right. some kind of fluff. This is solid spiritual food. It's for those who really mean business with the Lord and who will open to him and be one with him to become today's New Covenant ministers constituted with God. We see the use of this term, constituted, again and again. Uh, It's particularly well-suited to this book of 2 Corinthians. As we prepare to read these verses, and I'm going to read a couple of these verses from chapter 4, the ministry is not something that is uh, uh, imparted to someone by virtue of their natural eloquence or gift coupled with some, as you said, formal teaching or training or learning and therefore they're able to convey these uh, spiritual thoughts. Constitute and imply something radically, absolutely different from this, doesn't it, Ron? Simply to have um, doctrinal knowledge, even if it's accurate according to the Scriptures, it's just that. It's doctrinal knowledge. 
to minister that is like someone in a restaurant ministering the menu and calling it dinner. It's absurd. Ministry is a matter of having the reality of God wrought into your being, mingled with you, saturating and permeating you. Yet you remain a human being, even actually are more human. Mm -hmm. That is the ministry. It is the ministering of the very God who has been wrought into our being to become our constitution. No constitution, no ministers, Mm -hmm. and no ministry. Much constitution that produces the ministers with the genuine new covenant ministry. Okay, with that as a very good background, let's read these verses. Yes, this is the word of the Bible. This is the word of God, but it's the word of God through one who has been constituted with God himself, the Apostle Paul. So he writes in verse 6, Because the God who said, Out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who shined in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's join Witness Lee. The apostles, they were constituted with God himself. Whatever they behaved and whatever they lived, it was based upon that constitution. They ministered what they were constituted with. So, that constitution actually became their ministry. What they preached, what they taught, what they ministered was altogether a constitution. They ministered what they were. Their reconstituted being became their ministry. Among all the 14 epistles, chapters 3 and 4 in this book are on the top as far as the personal experience of Christ is concerned. These two chapters only convey to you one thing, that is Paul's spiritual constitution. This is why Brother Nee told us that you can have the gift within a second, but you can never have such a ministry in a short time because the Constitution takes time. Everything in this Constitution is life, and life by the Spirit. Now you can see what can person the apostle is. When he ministered his being to others, Christ was imparted into others because he was one constitution with Christ. So his preaching, his teaching, and his ministry was just Christ constituted in his being. Without such a ministry, there's no way to have the church adequately built up and to have the bride properly 
are done. So, without such a ministry, the Lord has no way to come back. And He has nothing ready for Him to come back for. And nothing will be worthwhile of His coming back. Ron, I want to come back to this term, constituted, constitution. Uh, the second time he's brought up this example that Watchman Nee used about the contrast between how one could receive a gift from God, a miraculous gift, contrasted with the constitution necessary to produce the real ministry here. Uh, compare these two for us again. A gift is merely an ability, a capacity to do something. Uh, someone may be a gifted speaker. It's just by nature. The principle is the same with a spiritual gift. You receive some ability, and you are able to exercise that. So uh, if someone had a, the gift of healing, then there may be the, the divine capacity within certain limitations to heal. The point is, the person is not affected. The person is not changed. One's inner being is not affected. There's simply an, a, the capacity to do something. The most striking example to make the point actually doesn't involve a human being at all, but a donkey. Right. That Balaam's donkey received a spectacular, miraculous gift to speak a human language. That surely is a gift. But the donkey did not become a human being. The donkey was not changed in her constitution. Well, it's a striking example and maybe a somewhat comical one, but it makes the point. Right. Sadly, what... Many Christians value today is gift. Very few have God's value to appreciate ministry, genuine new covenant ministry that is based on one's inward, intrinsic spiritual constitution. And that constitution is something organic, something in life, because it is produced by the spirit of life, dispensing and working the processed and consummated triune God into one's being, constituting that one with God. Mm. Then when one speaks, now let's use speaking as an illustration. A gifted person mm -hmm. may be eloquent. He may be able to stir people, but his inner being actually may be devoid of divine content. Someone else may or may not have eloquence, but whether one has the eloquence or not, what comes forth in the speaking is the constitution of the speaker. God is wrought into that person, and in the speaking, the ministering of the word, the inwrought God is ministered to others in the way of life. Who will receive the grace and pay the price to concentrate on what really matters to God 
as far as the carrying out of his economy is concerned, and that is ministry produced by the God of resurrection through the cross in which a person is constituted with God and ministers the reality of that God to others. This is what we see in Paul in 2 Corinthians. It is the new covenant ministry produced through constitution. Constitution uh, implies, I think, uh, innately, the addition of another element. As we continue in this uh, message today, and stay in chapter 4, jumping ahead to verse 16, it not only implies the addition, but it also implies some reduction. And that, I think, comes out in this verse, verse 16 of chapter 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Here's Witness Lee once again. We do not lose heart, but... If indeed our outer man is decaying through the years, the Bible teachers and the Bible students, including me, had different explanations of this term, the outer man. If you read the context, the outer man, verse 16, surely refers back to that fallen and mortal body in verses 10 and 11. But to say the outward man is just the body, this is not adequate because the body is the organ. The person is the soul. The soul is the person and the life of the outward man. Then how about the inward man? Listen, the inward man is our regenerated spirit, as its life and person, with our renewed soul as its organ. The life of the soul must be denied, but the functions of the soul, the mind, will, and emotion, must be renewed. This outward man, our fallen body, with our natural soul, is being consumed, is being put to death all the time. He says, if indeed our outward man is uh, being consumed, yet our inward man is being renewed. Being consumed implies decreasing, right? Uh, Being renewed implies increasing. Our outward man is decreasing. And our inward man is increasing. Then, what caused you to be renewed? To be renewed is just like to be constituted. There is the need of some element. And this renewing element is just a treasure. In verse 7, the treasure hidden in you. But the element itself is not adequate. And there is a need of some kinds of doing. That is the killing. That is the consuming. You need the consuming. You need the grinding. You need the environment. Paul says, for our momentary lightness, 
of affliction. That is light. Today is grandest light. Work out for us more and more surpassingly and eternal weight in contrast with lightness of glory and glory is in contrast with affliction. A momentary lightness of affliction works out for us an eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. This eternal weight of glory is just the beauty of that adorned bride. It's just a builded church with the weight of Christ. And this is the beauty of the church. And this beautifies the bride. And this prepares the bride. Ron, he goes on to uh, pick up verse 17, uh, where after the outward man is decaying and the inner man is being renewed, he says, for our momentary lightness of affliction works out for us more and more surpassingly an eternal weight of glory and connects this to the preparation of the bride. Maybe you can talk about these very key points, this reducing this addition and how it works out uh, even into the building up of the church and the preparing of the bride. That's asking a lot, you know. (laughs) I I hope you just please realize that. We have the treasure within us. The treasure is the process and consummated triune God, the pneumatic Christ, the life-giving Spirit. The treasure is in an earthen vessel. That earthen vessel is the outward man, the outer man. How will that treasure be manifested? If nothing happens to this outer man, the soul as the life in person, with the body as the organ, if the soul remains so powerful, so self-sufficient, independent, strong, it will be, practically speaking, as if there's no treasure at all, just the self is expressed. Paul said earlier in this chapter, we do not preach ourselves, Mm -hmm. but Christ Jesus the Lord. So the outer man needs to be consumed for not only the ministry of life in verses 10 through 12, but for the manifestation of the indwelling Christ as the treasure, which is the glory. It's interesting to see here that Paul is obviously not pitying himself. He has an understanding of the significance of his situation. He calls it the momentary lightness of affliction. And then he contrasts it with an eternal weight of glory. Now, Brother Lee links this glory to the preparation of the bride. The bride, we know from Ephesians 5, and compare that with Revelation 19, is a glorious being. Mm -hmm. She expresses the Lord. And she expresses what she is in the Lord and what the Lord is in her. How can such a being be produced? It can only be produced through the new covenant ministry, which is carried out by God-constituted persons who are being consumed in the outer man and renewed in the inner man who minister the God of glory into God's people for their preparation and beautification to become the bride of Christ. 
what will bring God's people on in their experience and growth in the divine life will be the ministry of life, the ministry of the Spirit, the new covenant ministry, the ministry of the God who has been constituted into the new covenant ministers. When that ministry is carried out and God's open, hungry, thirsty people receive it, something will happen in their being to make them what the new covenant ministers are. There will be a reproduction, an expansion. And therefore, gradually, God's people will be sanctified, renewed, transformed, conformed, and glorified to be the lovely, beautiful, glorious bride of Christ presented to him at his coming back. If there is to be a bride expressing the glory of God, there needs to be a ministry carried out by persons daily consumed in the outer man and daily renewed in the inner man with the result of an eternal weight of glory. The glory of the bride depends on the ministry of the new covenant ministers. Ron, we only have a second, but even the ministers find some replication of themselves as constituted ministers. We see this in Paul's very own words in Philippians as he talks about Timothy being one who has become like-souled with him, don't we? This is the case, and to be like-souled with someone like Paul is really to be constituted with Christ. A further word about the connection between the ministry and the bride, we see this in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, where Paul speaks of betrothing the believers to Christ as a pure Pure, virgin. virgin. So he and his ministry, which results in glory and ministers the God of glory, has as its object the preparation of a lovely, beautiful bride. And to connect this with your observation about Timothy, what is needed today is believers who are willing to be today's Paul, not in the sense of doing a great work, but in the sense of experiencing the Lord in the same way in principle, to become genuine God-constituted ministers carrying out The genuine, and I'm emphasizing that for a reason, the genuine New Covenant ministry, which has as its goal the glorious church, the bride prepared for Christ. This, viewed from the angle of ministry and marriage, marriage of the Lamb and the bride, is the burden of this ministry. Well, it was a big order, but I think uh, there was a supply there, and we will trust the Lord that the supply is sufficient and commit it to him and send it uh, to our listeners with our strong encouragement that they contact us about receiving the printed life study message as well. Oftentimes you like to help with this endorsement, Ron, so go ahead. I would like to go ahead by saying just amen. Our only motive is to make available to our listeners Brother Lee's ministry itself directly in print so that the serious seekers of the Lord can can study, can check it out by the scriptures, and can bring this matter to the Lord. 
This is part of our ministry. Right. The word spoken, the word written. Uh, any listener would do well to call in and see about getting life study of Second Corinthians. And if you'd like to uh, contact us for that reason, it's a two-volume set, and it's available if you'll want to call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And that's uh, our program for today. We begin our third week in this Life Study. Ron, thank you for joining us. Hope you'll uh, be able to join us again soon. You're going to be off for a couple of weeks traveling in O, and then uh, we'll look forward to having more chances to fellowship in Second Corinthians. Uh, we hope in the Lord to do that. And for Ron King, it's Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening today. If you would like to receive our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith, a complimentary issue of The Stream magazine, or a catalog of the publications of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee books, please call us today at 1-888-543-3788.